Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 110. Hey, Richers, it's Monday and I'm thrilled to be here with you again. First, I want to thank each and every one of you for helping us to become one of the top 100 podcasts for management and marketing. Thank you so much for being with us every week. And before I introduce my very talented young guest today, I invite you to check out on the richomis.com homepage or at the show notes of this interview the guides and cheat sheet that can help you reach ongoing growing revenues and paying customers. So go to the richomis.com homepage and look for that. And now, let me introduce you to Antoine Martel. Antoine Martel, of Martel Teronki, is a real estate investment expert from San Mateo, California. As a licensed real estate agent and experienced investor, Antoine helps new and seasoned investors realize their financial goals. His proven real estate investment strategies have enabled countless clients throughout California to realize passive income and financial freedom throughout of the state's turnkey rental properties. While still a student at Loyola Marymount University, Antoine had already begun immersing himself in learning the real estate industry, absorbing everything he could about real estate investing, how to set up a team, networking, calculating the numbers, recognize good deals, and much more. Antoine Martel is now a nationally recognized real estate expert with tens of thousands of followers. He is an inspiration to both millennials and generations from every decade. Antoine Martel, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. I heard about you and I'm really looking to hear what you've got to tell us. I just shared with my audience what you've done until now. And I want to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Absolutely. So I am a real estate investor. I've been investing in real estate for the past four years. Um, before this, I was actually in university. So while I was at university, in Los Angeles, I decided that I didn't want to work for anybody else when I graduated. Okay. I wanted to work for myself. So while at university, I began studying real estate, real estate investing, how to flip houses, how to buy apartment buildings, all that kind of stuff. And by the time that I graduated, I had bought a couple of properties um, in the US. I had bought them, renovated them, rented them out, um, and then resold them. Hmm. And I decided that after graduating, that's what I wanted to do full time. And now I've been, I graduated two years ago. And now that company that I have, which we pretty much buy 
properties, single family homes or duplexes. We renovate them, we rent them out, and then we resell them on our website as investment properties. Yeah. Um, so that company that I started just a couple years ago, now we do over a hundred homes a year that we buy and sell. Wow. And you are, can we say the age? You are 23 yeah. years old, isn't it? 23. Yep. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> so, Thank okay. You. The interview is ended. You've done everything. <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you running? What sure. do you want to achieve? Sure. So I am still focusing on growing that business. It's still very early on, in my opinion. I think that sure. you know, I can double or triple the amount of volume that that business is doing. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm also thinking of different avenues in real estate. You know, a single family home is just as hard to manage as a duplex, mm -hmm. which is just as hard to manage as a 20 unit apartment building. So we're starting to get bigger and bigger into the kinds of properties that we're doing. So I bought an apartment building as well last hmm. year. Um, so I'm starting to, you know, my, my goal is to, you know, buy and renovate a large apartment buildings, you know, 200 or 500 unit buildings. Wow. So that's kind of what my end goal is and what I'm trying to get to and just making small steps to get there. Yeah. Very small, I would say, but, uh, you're doing it fast. Uh, you're, saying, <laughs> you're saying we. Who is we? Sure. So it's me, my dad, and my brother. My dad helps out with the company on the you know financing side um, in terms of all the taxes and insurance and all that kind of stuff. The, the money handles all the money. Hmm. And then my brother, my brother, I brought him on to the company full time at the beginning of the year. And he started helping with all the acquisitions. So every single property we have now kind of gets my brother's double check. Um, and then I kind of manage all the marketing, all the sales, and then kind of make sure that all the projects are, are running smoothly from the beginning to end. It's beautiful. And it's not easy to work with family, no. isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, it's 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 a blessing because you already trust everybody up front right so you don't need to build trust you don't need to you know not disclose certain information it's an open book for everybody right so um you know they know everything about all of my contacts or people that i would keep you know close to my chest because i don't want people to steal them or something like that um but then it's also a curse because you have a family vacation and it doesn't turn <laughs> into a vacation anymore you yeah, know sure. <laughs> And then everyone understandably just decided to uh, cancel it, right? Because there is job to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or we just, we all bring our laptops and we work the whole time. <laughs> and who are your customers? Who do you approach? Who are you selling? Who are you renting yeah. to? Uh, who, um, who are your customers? Yeah. So my main customers are the people who buy the rental properties at the end. So I'll buy a property, renovate it, rent it out, and then I sell it to somebody who is, you know, typically living in California or New York or Florida. They have a good stable job. They have some money saved up. They have a good credit score. Typically, they're, they're in a young family, so they have young kids or, or something like that, and they want to, they're looking for their future. So they don't want to, you know, invest in their 401k and invest in the stock market. They want to kind of mix it up and diversify their portfolio. So that's my typical client that I'm going after, that I'm trying to help, you know, achieve financial freedom and passive income through real estate. So you're actually approaching the end consumer. You're not uh, selling it to another investor. You're just concentrating in the end consumer, in those who... Yep. 
probably will live there or rent it themselves. The way that it works is I'll, yes, I'm going direct to consumer, but my consumer that I'm targeting is actually the person who's going to buy that property with a tenant in place. So they're buying it as an investment. Okay. Um, so the property comes with a family already living in it, paying rent and stuff like that. Okay. And I sell it to somebody in California or New York City or Florida, and they buy that property with the property rented out and making money every month. You are actually approaching people that want to buy investment. You're talking about investments. Exactly. So yep. you are an entrepreneur for sure. <laughs> and I want to ask, and you know, uh -huh. this podcast is all about entrepreneurs and not only entrepreneurs, but being customer focused and understanding how business really happens. And I would like to ask you, what would be your best advice yeah. to entrepreneurs regarding customer focus or approaching their customers, anything that had to do with customers? That's great. I love that. Um, and that's super important, too, because I think that I have a very unorthodox way of actually attracting clients or attracting customers to my business. And I'm the least salesman salesman out there. Hmm. I think that the best way to sell is to not sell um, and actually care about what would be best for your client um, or, you know, whoever that may be, whoever you meet on the street and you think you can sell them something and maybe yeah. best to maybe your product is not the best case, you know, best solution for their problem. And referring them to somebody else could actually be the best and smartest decision that you could make. Um, and the reason why I say that is that's just what I've been applying. I go to a lot of networking events, you know, three or four of them a week, and I'm meeting wow. you know, new people all the time. I've more focused on building a brand and educating people on real estate and real estate investing. And the clients have actually come to me, which is a much easier sell when a client comes to you and tells, you know, tells you they want to invest with you or they want to buy a property from you. Um, it's a, now I can turn on the sales hat and show them the right properties and show them the right direction. I actually have a quote here on my whiteboard. It says, build a brand so you don't have to sell, make them come to you. Hmm. That's the idea. That's and right. That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's all about building a brand and providing education and, you know, truly caring about the end client and, and their goals and what they're trying to achieve and trying to help them, you know, achieve those goals. And if your company's the best fit, then, you know, sure, sell them on your product. But if it's not, refer them to somebody else. And um, it all goes around and comes comes back to you in some some way or, or fashion. I love it so much. You know, did you hear about Zig Ziglar? No, I mean, I've heard about him. I haven't studied or, or listened to any of his. So he has a quote, I, I learned about him quite recently, not recently, but um, over the last years. But he has a terrific quote that what you say reminded to me and he says your success is all about the number of people you helped yep. during your lifetime and this is exactly what you are talking about really helping yep. your clients not selling them yeah i love that i love that so how would you say it as an advice say it as an advice um i would say because this is your best advice to any uh, <laughs> any entrepreneur so yeah and i would say i would say don't be don't be a salesman just learn as much as you possibly can about your product or about the the niche that you're in learn as much as you possibly can about it and then go and provide provide value up front to people on a mass scale is what i would say so Provide value up front to people on a mass scale. And that can be, you know, education or helping people individually. 
Um, and if you have a product which you know is going to help that client um, or that person achieve what they're trying to achieve, then sell that to them. But always just provide the value up front and do that at scale. That's great. And how do you reach them? You've got quite a few followers on uh, Instagram, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, yeah. And you talked about the meetups. The meetups are for real estate, people that look for yeah. investments? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, there's a couple of ways to meet people. And the key hmm. word is at scale. So there's only so many coffee meetings that you can have with people. Um, and sure, coffee, you know, meeting people one-on-one and having individual meetings is great. You're able to build deeper connections. But you'll realize after you do it for a couple yeah. of years that it takes a lot of time. So it's about reaching the largest audience that you can. And how do you get in front of many people? And that can be, you know, putting a bunch of people together in a room, which would be a meetup, or it can be, you know, sharing a video or posting a video and showing up on everybody's phone. So I do it in a couple of ways through, through meetups, through social media. Um, and I have, yeah, I've gained a, quite a lot of traffic uh, and followers on my Instagram, but then also taking those Instagram followers and pushing them on other platforms. So I started a podcast wow. where people can listen to it there. I started a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so there's a bunch of different, different ways that you can reach a large amount of people, um, which can therefore generate more one-on-one meetings or more people reaching out to you because now you have mm-hmm. the brand first, right? So they listen to your podcast where you added value or taught them something. Now they're reaching out to you or coming to your company page um, and they're going to you know, ask you to do business with them and Um, that's a much easier sale because you added the value up front. Sure. And um, we already started to talk about your successes, and we'll talk about it in a minute again. But I would like to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that um, affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? Yeah. Or one of them? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great question. So I would say that it would probably be following up. So when I first started the first two years, I would go to meetups, I would have, you know, coffee meetings with people and, you know, then I just would never follow up. So I would go and have a, you know, one hour meeting or, you know, lunch, coffee or dinner with somebody. And then I would never reach out to them again. I wouldn't um, ask them, hey, how's it going? Did you take my advice or anything like that? I would just kind of let it be. And, uh, you know, there's hundreds of people that I that I met one on one in my first couple of years of doing this. And that I just never reached out to again. So I think that, you know, it wasn't really a failure. It was just something that um, I wish I had done differently. But it's yeah. so important. It's, you, you're bringing such an important yeah. point. <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, I love that because you have chosen to look at it as kind of a failure because actually it, it's yeah. a lot of time and energy that you didn't use the way you exactly. uh, could use if you knew everything that you know today which makes sense it makes sense that uh, we don't know but so you say that not reaching out to people we can't really just count on the fact that they might like yeah. what you said yeah and i would and i wish because the following up part is the easiest part of the whole thing the hardest thing is <laughs> scheduling a time to meet up with them and having that one hour meeting it's very easy to text them a week later and set a reminder in your phone it takes 10 seconds but Um, yeah, that's just something that I wish I wish I had done. I have no idea where my business would be today if I had followed up with those, you know, 200 or 300 people. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine something that is more than 100 houses after two years, but okay, <laughs> it's, it's okay. How do you do that? What do you have 
a constant way or do you approach anyone in a different way? How do you follow up today? Yeah, so yeah, that's a great question. So I keep my follow-ups very brief and very broad. And what I mean by that is I try to take as little amount of time of my time as possible to follow up. So a follow-up can be a text message or an email or a phone call and just be like, hey, we, we had coffee last week and we talked about this. I just wanted to follow up with you and see if there was anything I can do to help. Or if you talked about something in particular, did you ever reach out to this person? Or it can just be one sentence or two sentences about what you talked about and if they need any more help or any more advice. Um, and it could be as simple as that. There's other ways that I've used to kind of track your follow-ups. And I've actually, I got a CRM. So it manages yeah. all of my all of my leads and it sets weekly reminders to follow up with all of my leads. Um, so every single week there's new tasks being created through that CRM, which let me know that it's time to follow up and send a short little message to somebody to see you know what their status is and if I can help in any way. And what you're saying is that small message or text message that really makes a difference. Yep, it does because then, The people on the other end also know that you actually care now. Hmm. So they know that that coffee meeting wasn't just, you know, you weren't being a phony the whole time during the coffee meeting saying you can help in any way and you'll help them do this or that. Um, or you have some great, you know, some somebody they should meet up with or somebody you can refer them to. But when you actually follow up, then people are, they actually think that that coffee meeting is, you know, or whatever you said over the phone or whatever it was that you actually meant it and that you're now reaching out to try to actually help. Um, and you actually differentiate yourself now from everybody else that they're meeting with because 99% of people don't do that and they don't follow up. It's amazing, right? Yep. It's amazing. You said it is so easy and most people aren't following up. Yep. Absolutely. And then, so yep. if you do follow up, now you differentiate yourself from everybody else. So especially if you have a product or a service um, like myself, right? So I go and have a meeting with somebody who wants to buy one of my products. And they have a meeting with 10 other companies and I'm the only one who's, who's following <laughs> sure. up with them, whether, you know, even if it's just a message, you know, a sentence or two, it's still, I'm now on top of mind and, oh, wow, Antoine actually did follow up and all these other nine people didn't even care after the coffee meeting to send me a little note and say, hey, how's it going? You know, did you choose us or somebody else? And it doesn't matter either way. I just want to see how you are. You know, who, who are they going to choose at the end of the day? It's going to be me because I continue sure. to, to show that I care and I'm here and available. Wow. I love it. Now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success. Actually, you talked about success now, but you started from a failure. But as a result of something that you did right about customer focus or anything that you did right about approaching your customers, You can use the story before, but you can actually find some yeah. juicy success and tell us about it. Of course, you don't have to mention names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my success has really come from just a whole lot of networking and not selling. Yeah, I have a, a story that happened pretty recently, actually. I updated my website a couple of weeks ago, and I talked with my dad and my brother, and I said, hey, guys, I want to add something on the website so that people can buy a house from our website in one click. And they click a buy now button, they fill out a short little form, and the contract is sent for that property, and they fill out the contract. Wow. So without any interaction with me or one of my sales reps, somebody can buy a property from my website, right? I went to my dad and my brother, I told them this, and they said, no way that that's going to work. 
and just as marketing always works, it's never what you think is actually going to happen actually happens. So I put the little button on the website and the week later, somebody came to the website that I've never met before. They filled out the form and I saw the email come through and I said, what? Somebody actually filled out the form and they want to buy a house and I didn't recognize their name. They had their phone number and email there. And all I did was send them the contract through an email. And one hour later, they signed the contract. Wow. And I was, I was blown away, right? Um, right. I'm blown away as well. <laughs> wow. So somebody bought a house just from, from never talking to me. Um, and they just came and bought a property. And it was because I had built the brand first. So this person, I reached out to them later on. I said, hey, by the way, how did you, why did you trust us so much? And why did you buy a property? You never even asked anything about it. You know, you didn't ask about the neighborhood or... Um, anything like that. And he said, Oh, I was referred to you by one of your past clients. And this house is down the street from his house. So I hmm. thought I should buy it and buy the house next to my friend's house. And I said, Okay, it makes sense to me. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty incredible. Something that, you know, that's the way marketing works, too. It's you can never really know exactly how it's going to go. It's, you that's know, right. whether you're pushing out content or, you know, creating a podcast, everybody can kind of take it in a different way. So it's just testing as much as you possibly can to figure out what actually sticks um, to the end consumer. Wow, fantastic. Great story. Thank and you. <laughs> can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not asking about the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm... <laughs> looking for something that really works for you, that really mm -hmm. helps you to succeed as much as you do? Yep. Great question. Um, so I have been using for the past, for this whole year, I've been using actually text messaged blasts. So, you know, everybody still uses mail, you know, mail campaigns, right? Email campaigns, right? So they'll send off a huge email blast to, you know, all of their, their whole list. But I found that a lot of people's emails are actually, you know, loaded with, you know, 50,000 other emails right. that they haven't read yet. So why are they going to read your email? They have 50,000 other, 50, other emails to read. But everybody reads their text messages and everybody replies to their text messages. The amount of people who have, you know, even one unread text message on their phone is, you know, a small amount of people. Right. Um, they like to go through and clean that up. They like to see that hit zero. That's right. Whereas email... It's way too far gone. They're never going to get to zero. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what I started doing, what I started doing was collecting um, phone numbers from everybody that I had meetings with, right? So, you know, coffee meetings or meeting at a meetup, um, I would take their business card and put it on my text message blast. I collected 10,000 phone numbers over a couple of years. Wow. And I started doing text message campaigns about new properties that were listed on the website. So hey, we have a new property on 123 Main Street. Here's the numbers for the property. You know, call me if you want to buy this property. And I, the first two campaigns that I sent out, my whole website crashed because I had too many people on the wow. website. There was, out of 10,000 people, in just a couple of seconds, we had 1,000 people on a website. Wow. So a 10% click-through rate. Um And it was, <laughs> and the whole, the website just kept crashing. So I got all these text messages. Hey, I clicked the link and the website doesn't work because oh. there's too many people on it. <laughs> so, um, and that's just in a couple, the first couple of seconds. So that just shows you 
you know, whereas mail can kind of take an hour or two before people actually get to it or open it if they ever do. Yeah, if they ever do. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, I, the one that I've been using, the website is called Textedly, and that's the website that I use to, to text out to all of my, my clients or uh, leads about certain properties that we have or will have available. Wow, I love that. And of course, we will have the link to Textedly yeah. in the show notes of this uh, interview as well as all other links of things that we talked about. We'll put it all there and anyone can find it there. You know, there are many things that actually affect one's success. However, I always believe that uh, for each of us, there is one main thing that really helps them and really unique to them. And I want to ask you what really works for you. What is your key success factor? <sighs> That's a good question. I would say my key success factor is a couple of things. First one being how I was raised. Um, so both my parents are very entrepreneurial. They, through my whole life, they always pressured me to, not pressured me, but always told me that, you know, that I didn't need to go and get a job. I didn't need to, um, they never told me that I had to do certain things. Um, and all of my entrepreneurial signs mm. when I was growing up as a young kid, they would always kind of quote unquote invest in my <laughs> companies is what I like to say. So when I was, you know, I had my friend had a plum tree when I was growing up, he was my neighbor. I took a wheelbarrow, took all the plums, put them in the wheelbarrow, and I started selling them to all my neighbors. <laughs> and my parents encouraged me to keep doing it. Keep doing it, Antoine. Um, you know, I had the the lemonade stand, which everybody has. Um, and, you know, as I got older, when I was older being, you know, middle school. Yeah, um, yeah. 23 years old. Tell me about when you got older. Nice. <laughs> But as I got older from those, you know, small little things selling to the neighbors, And I started, you know, importing and started little tiny companies, my parents would invest with me and they would get a percentage of those companies. So they made it very real learning experiences for me when I was growing up. And they kind of showed me, no, this is how, you know, real business works and you need money to start your company. So give us the best pitch that you can and we'll invest and we get part of your <laughs> company to do so. It's beautiful. And I know, yeah, and it sounds, it's super simple, um, but I think that a lot of parents would have just been, no, I'm not going to give you 2,000 bucks to buy all this stuff from China and you think you're going to sell it to your classmates. There's no way that's going to work. Well, hmm. it actually did. And I, you know, <laughs> as a high schooler, I was importing, you know, I imported 10,000 bracelets from China for wow. you know, a couple of dollars and I started selling them to all these different websites, to all the kids in school. Um, and I actually got... Yeah, I was actually on a, a website called Jack Threads in, as a high schooler, and they bought 6,000 of my bracelets and you know, sold out of them in a couple of months. And so, yeah, it was, I think that, that growing up with that environment, um, my mom also had a, always had a company going on, so I was always helping my mom with her new company. Um, you know, she was in the food business. I would help her with going to Whole Foods and giving out samples and stuff like that. So I think that really growing up in that environment with parents who are actually encouraging my entrepreneurial behavior actually made me who I am today. Um, It's beautiful. But accompanied with the entrepreneurial behavior also takes the work. So I have a very strong work ethic and I let nothing stop me. And, you know, if I hit a roadblock, I just find a way to get mm -hmm. around it, um, whether that be pivoting my company or my idea 
you know, I'm, I don't really romanticize the, the idea. I just kind of get the work done. And if there's a roadblock, I just focus on how I can get around it. Whereas people sometimes just like to complain about the mm. roadblock and they actually never ground it. Wow. So actually you gave us three factors. Okay. I will allow <laughs> that. It's the way you grew up <laughs> in an entrepreneurial environment, having a work ethic and actually nothing stops you. You, you, you go through walls, isn't it? Yep, exactly. And my last question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you is my mountain question. And my mountain question is since I've always imagined this journey of marketing, of getting into the mind of your customer and building the trust and the, of course the awareness and then going one step ahead and selling and going one step ahead, I always imagine it as climbing a mountain. And at one point, I just started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain or, and that's what I'm asking you, do you have any relationships with mountains at all? <laughs> yeah, I do. So my dad um, is a very outdoorsy guy. He used to do, you know, bike races for 24 hours straight through the mountains and stuff like that. So growing up, we spent a lot of time in the mountains. I was born in Toronto, but really grew up in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, you know, once a year, we would go to Lake Tahoe, which was kind of the local mountain mm. range for us. And we would go hiking there. Um, we did mountain biking where you take the, the bikes all the way to the top of the mountain and kind of ride down. Um, so a couple of different ways to go up or, <laughs> up or down the mountain. But yeah, I did spend a lot of time growing up in the mountains, whether that be hiking or, or biking, mountain biking through the mountains. I definitely love it, and my family um, loves it as well. So it seems like uh, reaching new peaks is something that you did literally as well as uh, metaphorically. <laughs> yep, I agree. Um, Antron, wow, I liked it so much, and I want to ask you, what is the best way to... get in contact with you for any of our listeners that might want to uh, be in touch. Sure. So my Instagram is a really good way. So my Instagram username is, is Martel Antoine, M-A-R-T-E-L-A-N-T-O-I-N-E. My email is Antoine at MartelTurnkey.com. If anybody wants to shoot me an email, feel free. I'll reply to everybody. Um, and then my website too, if anybody wants to check out my website or what I do to kind of get a, a better idea, it's uh, martelturnkey.com. So of course, we'll have all of these links in the show notes of this interview. And Andren, I really enjoyed, it was fun and it was interesting <laughs> and I learned a lot of things. So I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for this interview. Uh, A conversation it was a pleasure absolutely yeah pleasure is mine thank you so much for having me thank you take care and keep doing the fantastic job you are doing absolutely thank you thanks bye 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 and for you our listeners until the next time it all goes down to this you either reach or miss keep reaching your goals and vision bye Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.